Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another edition of the Sambasel Podcast on the Ambiguous Network. And right now, I'm going to be bringing you the latest and greatest going on around the world of Hollywood. I'm going to be previewing the month of October. There's so much to get into and how many movies are coming out in October. It's Halloween time, horror movies, action movies, Oscar movies are coming out. There's a plethora and I'm going to be going over every single one. Plus, some of my most anticipated coming out of this month as well. Plus, I'm going to be giving you the preview of what's coming out this weekend and a lot more. But the first thing I want to talk about is the Birds of Prey trailer that came out on Tuesday. And on Monday, there were some posters that came out about Birds of Prey and the one emancipation of Harley Quinn. It's it's something like that. It's a long line. It's Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. And they had a bunch of of posters that came out and I think what was really interesting is the is that they had it followed the line of what Suicide Squad was and that it was a very colorful fun vibrant film that seems like it's going to be somewhat gritty at the same time it sounds like this is going to be an R-rated extravaganza that Warner Brothers and DC are cooking together it's directed by Kathy Yang and it stars Margot Robbie returning as Harley Quinn also starring Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, Jereen Smollett-Bell, and Ewan McGregor as Black Mask. And seeing these posters, and they really just do focus on Harley Quinn. And going to the trailer, I was interested in see if it would kind of follow up with the short teaser that came out. When It Chapter 2 came out, before the, that movie played, there was a little, TV, like a little teaser that came. It was only 30 seconds or so, maybe even less. And seeing that, it got me really pumped. The music got me into it, The what they were going for with it. So hearing that they were coming out with the trailer, I was really excited to see what else they were going to deliver with this. And I got to say, it it didn't. the trailer didn't impress me that much. And for a trailer, especially a teaser trailer, it was two minutes. But that nowadays, that constitutes as being a teaser trailer in, in a lot of studios' eyes. It didn't really measure up to me as to what I thought it was really going to be. And what I thought it was really gonna actually entail and and show show itself to actually being, and I think that's something that I was really interested in, and it didn't really show me that. And I think th- some of the lines were really cool. The whole thing with nobody should be afraid of anybody. Everyone should be afraid of me. I'm Harley freaking Quinn, and so I thought that was really cool. And I think that the some of the the dialogue for Harley Quinn was, was good. But other than that, I didn't. I wanted to see more of the Canary and of the Huntress and of Montoya, of the, these other characters that were going to get introduced in this universe. And I didn't get that. And Ewan McGregor's character—that's that's not what I was expecting Black Mask to be. He's a a ruthless gangster in the Batman universe, and that's not exactly what I got. And it, it just—I didn't. I don't know. It it didn't have. All the energy that I thought it was going to have, even though it was a fun, exuberant time. And I think also what turned me off about it was the fact that the music just didn't work. It was a very old-style 50s type of song that was put in there. And what they used off with it in the little short teaser that was attached with It Chapter 2. And that was something that I was really looking forward to maybe hearing again. And to me, what makes a really good trailer, just again, a really good trailer, is the music. And music is key to gravitating, t- gravitating people towards seeing a movie and a marketing strategy towards it. I think it has everything to do with it, and I just don't think they hit the nail on the head with Birds of Prey. And so hopefully they can hit me again with another TV spot or another trailer probably around November, December time. 
because I think this is something they could definitely need a little bit more work on it. It's something that it does. It, it didn't get me overly excited about it as I thought it was going to, and my level really just stays the same. If if anything, it it pegs down a, a or excuse, it goes down a, a peg or two really, because it just didn't impress me all that much. So unfortunately, they weren't able to do a lot with this first trailer in my eyes. But I'm sure other people really enjoyed this trailer. It seemed that people were really into it. Just for me, it just didn't really hit me the way I thought it was going to hit me. So, the movie's coming out February 7th of next year. Guys, what do you think of the Birds of Prey teaser trailer? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. And now I'm going to be getting into some preview material. September has come and gone, and in the next few days I'll do a recap of the September release schedule of what is of what's coming out in the of what came out and what my favorite films were in September, what surprised me, what let me down, and I'm going to get into that in a few days, but I did want to preview October since we are in the midst of now in the beginning of the October slate and Joker's coming out this weekend and I'm going to include that in the weekend preview and I want to include that in my anticipated list potentially before I go see it. So I th I wanted to give my preview for what's coming out in October and just to run through a few of them, obviously probably the biggest one coming out this month is Joker, which is coming out next week. I'm going to stave off of actually talking about that and, until I bring up the weekend preview. But going off after the Joker, coming out next week, October 11th, it's The Addams Family, which is a animated film about the very supernatural family that everybody loves from the TV show, and it's been put on plays and cartoons, and we're getting one from the people that were doing Despicable Me and from Universal, so I this is one that I think is going to definitely attract a lot of kids. This is going to play off of the name brand and also being a family film, and one of the only family films, especially you got Halloween time, it's around now, I and mean, what better way to gear up for that than exploring the Adams family once again and getting ready for the Halloween time. The next one up is Gemini Man, which is starring Will Smith, directed by Ang Lee. And of course, that has to do with the de-aging technology and all the high frame rate. And it seems like all the praise is now geared towards Gemini Man and what Ang Lee does with this movie. So I'm really excited about that. I wonder if people are also excited about this. Regular people, moviegoers that would want to see Will Smith on the screen again, both fighting his older and younger self and technology that looks like it has mastered itself in a way that I wouldn't even think it's possible with the way that you can make a doppelganger of yourself in animation and CGI and effects and de-aging and motion graphics. It's going to really change the game, I think, technically, and what better person to do it than the one and only Ang Lee. And then moving over to the Netflix side is a film that I think a lot of people, especially fans of this TV show, El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, a film that wasn't even... That was in the works for a long time, and but was held in secret until in August when the first teaser, really announcement trailer came out. But marketing material has ramped up. It'll be coming out on Netflix and then heading over to AMC, which aired the original show Breaking Bad. And it'll be premiering in a few select theaters around the country. But this is going to be a sequel, direct sequel from the series finale of Breaking Bad, the acclaimed television show, the Emmy-winning television show, and that's going to follow Aaron Paul, who's back once again as Jesse Pinkman, as it follows everything he went through from the series finale and onward as he tries to evade law enforcement, invade gangs, and just try to survive out there in the world. And so Vince Gilligan is coming back, who was the showrunner of Breaking Bad. He'll be 
he wrote and direct this, directed this movie, and so I think it has all the makings to be a big hit for not just Netflix, but also for the Breaking Bad community that has been dying for more Breaking Bad to stand alongside Better Call Saul. And then we move over to October 18th, and this is probably the biggest Besides the Joker, really, I think this is the biggest weekend that is going to be in play. Kind of what we just got with Ad Astra, Rambo, Down Abbey. This is the weekend I think we're going to get that. In the case for October 18th, we have Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, which is the next film coming from Disney Studios, live action. It's the sequel to the 2014 hit film, Maleficent, starring Angelina Jolie and Ellie Fanny. This time, Angelina Jolie is going up against Michelle Pfeiffer. So you got a Pfeiffer v. Jolie battle going on. And I think people who are attracted to Jolie, to Jolie as a star and to the character of Maleficent and what they've done with this, I think people are going to be drawn to it. I've heard really good things about this movie so far. So Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, I think is one to keep an eye on. And plus, in terms of the success that Disney has had this year, no other studio other than really Universal. I mean, they've had the most opening weekends, but Disney has had the overall better success on the year. And it'll be interesting to see how Maleficent is going to incorporate itself in the hits that happened to Disney, especially during the summertime. Is that trend, is that momentum going to keep going into the fall and wintertime going forward, especially with Frozen 2 and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker coming out in the next two months. And so Maleficent is one to look out for. And then, of course, you've got the Awards Darling that is coming out in Jojo Rabbit, written and directed by Taika Waititi. It's a comedy drama satire taking place during World War II, Nazi Germany. And it's about fascism, it's about race, it's about it's about monogamy, it's about every it's about hate and it's about love at the same time and family. And so it's something that Taika has had a passion for for a long time. It seems like it won it won the TIFF Award, the People's Choice at the Toronto International Film Festival. It's going to be a big award season hit this year. And so I think this is one that people are going to be looking out for, especially with the cast, with Taika playing an Adolf Hitler from an imaginary standpoint from a kid who is in, who is just in just entrenched in, in this Nazism that is going on in Nazi Germany. You also have Rebel Wilson. You have, against Scarlett Johansson as well. Then you have a big cast coming in for this one. And so I'm really excited to see Jojo Rabbit. And then, of course, you got the long-awaited sequel to the cult classic of 2009. Zombieland Double Tap will be coming out. It stars the big four once again with Ruben Fletcher coming back to direct with Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, and Abigail Branson coming back to the screen. And it seems like they're just picking up the momentum from where they left off in the first film. And the trailer have indicated that they're not going to stop anytime soon so i'm really excited to see what they do with a zombie land double tap and then just to round out a few more black and blue dolomite is my name is coming to netflix as well black and blue starring the one and only naomi harris with tyrese gibson that seems like it'll be a fun thriller especially towards the latter half of october then of course you have the lighthouse which i'm really looking forward to with robert pattinson and william defoe it seems like a combination of horror makes really old school 20s 30s 30s 40s really horror and filmmaking that i really haven't seen in a long time so i'm really excited for that and then the current war king henry current war i'm excited for the cast it seems like something that this could be a fun movie to see in october and same same thing with king henry one that's coming out on netflix with Robin panson and, and timothy chalamet and so i'm really interested to see all these movies but it's just Again, it's going to be a jam-packed October with so many different films for people to see that are indie films, awards darlings, big blockbusters, 
smaller budget of films, superhero movies, comic book films, I should put that, not really superhero ones, but it's it's going to be a very interesting month to go along with what we just had with September. So, guys, are you excited about what's coming out in October? Let me know down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. And I'll just go over my most anticipated four the month of October. Starting out at number five is Maleficent Mistress of Evil. Again, going back to the part of seeing this movie, and I was I I, I thought Maleficent was eh. It wasn't anything spectacular. It wasn't awful. It was eh. It was in the middle of order of, of the road of what Disney was trying to do with their live action films. But from the reviews I've been hearing about this one, they step up the game. Angelina Jolie kills it. So I'm just interested in seeing how this movie does and how it fares. And I think I'm just looking at more about the the business side of things, box office, of how Disney can, can keep the momentum going. Again, Frozen 2, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, they're really bona fide hits, billion-dollar hits at the box office. It'll be interesting to see if Maleficent can keep that streak going or is it going to fall short to maybe around six, seven, eight hundred million dollars at the box office, which seven to eight hundred would really be the best price point for it because of the budget that comes with it. So Maleficent Mistress of Evil is the one I'm looking forward to the most coming out in October number five coming in at number four is the lighthouse again Robin Pants and William Defoe it's just the way that this film looks and it incorporates itself it looks eerie disturbing old school cinema that I've never really seen before and I get to see on the big screen I'm really excited about A24 bringing this for everybody to see the lighthouse is my number four Gemini Man again it's the hype that's been surrounding this movie for the last few weeks, ever since I heard, I saw Eric Davis's tweet about Gemini Man and seeing it and how the high frame rate incorporated with the way that they make Will Smith so young and so lifelike in that kind of in that space and fighting off against himself and the 3D seems immersive and, and incredible. And only Ang Lee would be able to pull this off. So I'm excited to see him do what he does great along with Will Smith kind of playing a duality role really in which you've sympathized probably for both people not one is better than the other so i think this has the potential to be very interesting in the month of october and for as a whole in 2019 and then coming in at number two is jojo rabbit again i've been hearing about this movie for a while i love thor ragnarok taika watiti seems like he just he was able to do whatever he wanted with this movie and being able to see just his vision come to life is incredible and me being an awards pundit for Oscar season, I'm interested to see if this really is worth all the hype that it is going to be bestowed upon itself come award season for nominations in January. So Jojo Rabbit is my number two. And of course, The Joker is my number one. I'm seeing it on Friday. I'll have a review up for it in the next few days, most likely Saturday after I see it on Friday night. And for, to me, it's just The Joker is is a it's 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 something that ever since the first teasers just entranced me in a way that I never thought would be possible and that Todd Phillips has created a film that's different and unique in the comic book universe and I'm just gonna incorporate this in with the weekend preview which really is just Joker and that this is a movie that is gaining critical acclaim, gaining awards momentum because of the stellar performance that Joaquin Phoenix seemingly puts on display in this movie. I love just the greatness of it, that it, it, it takes things from King of Comedy and specifically Taxi Driver, and I got that immediately from the first trailer. And this is a movie that 
I'm I'm geared and I'm ready to see. And this has been a talking point of controversy all around the news cycle from actual news corporations like ABC and CNN and MSNBC and Fox and also around the film world as well. This is just in talks in every day's lives too. And I think people are actually going to come out and see this movie good or bad and, and, and have conversation about it. And I think while it is commendable that I, I am happy that law enforcement is, is taking this movie seriously, making sure people are safe, that they don't feel safe. But at the same time, if, you, if you're doing it for this movie, then you should do it for any movie, both big and small. And even though Joker has the name brand of being a big movie, the budget is around the 50s. It's a very low budget, something you would find in an indie kind of film. Something like a Jojo Rabbit even, or, or even less so than a Lighthouse. And I think having this sparks a conversation, and that's what film does. It sparks conversation in all of us that we don't even know we can really have and that all this talk about mental illness and violence, we can have those conversations and make it better for us in the world because in the end, it's not like Joker is real. Joker is made up. These characters, the world of Gotham City is made up even though it seems so realistic. It is made up and it seems like people are responding to the fact that they want to go check out this movie. It seems like the box office projections have put it in the north of around 80 plus million dollars, which I can't really even believe. And so to me, this is just insane and incredible. And I cannot believe and wait for people to see this. And again, I will have a review for you guys in the next few days. It seems like it's going to break October's record, which is held by Venom at $80.2 million. But Again, I'm excited to see what all the hype is about for this movie, what this movie is actually going to be about. And so I'm ready for it. I'm excited. Guys, are you excited about this film? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. And that is my most anticipated film as well, along with the weekend preview. Guys, are you excited about Joker? Do you like my number one choice being Joker? Let me know down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. And now to go over to Jordan Peele has now inked a five-year deal with Universal. And to me, this is no surprise as it seems like every single studio, whether it's Netflix, Universal, Disney, they are all everybody wants to rake up the big artists that they have. And for Universal, this makes absolute sense as Jordan Peele has done nothing but give them incredible success from his debut film with Get Out being the phenomenon that it was, both culturally and awards-wise, winning Best Original Screenplay, getting nominations for Peel as Best Director, and a few uh, Best Picture nod as well. It grossed $255 million worldwide. It was ranked as one of the best films in the last five, to five years or so at least. And so I think with Get Out, Universal knows what they had, and Peel fought it up, followed it up with maybe not the same acclaim as what Get Out had, but... He still came through again, and and he delivered in the same vein, and, and he is for real, and then he wasn't just a one-off. He was somebody that delivered consistently and gave us something different and new that we loved in horror, but with comedy and drama as well. And so I think this is a, a smart move for Universal to ink up 
Jordan Peele in. I think Jordan Peele is happy about it too that this is a deal that it's going to be a first look deal. So whatever Peele makes, it's going to have to go to Universal first before Peele shops it anywhere else if Universal doesn't want to pick it up in the long run. But guys, are you excited about this? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. And then the next thing I want to get into is a, little, a one trailer that happened, and that is from The Gentleman. And they came out with the poster and trailer for it, and it is directed by Guy Ritchie, and it has all the mannerisms of a Guy Ritchie film. It stars Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Henry Golding, Jeremy Strong, Colin Farrell, and Hugh Grant. And it's about a British drug lord who tries to sell off his highly profitable marijuana empire to a dynasty of Oklahoma billionaires. And to me, this is sounded like something that was right up my alley, and that's something that was... that. It sounds like exactly what Guy Ritchie would make, and it, it has the the fundamentals of a Guy Ritchie film with the witty dialogue and the 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 high not not the high frame rate, but the high speed of all his action scenes kind of go in his chase scenes, and it had a lot of Guy Ritchie isms that they worked in something like Aladdin, they worked in Sherlock Holmes, even King Arthur. They had some positive appeals but not that much but we'll see if he's able to do it again with the gentleman this is one that i'm interested in see how it how it does and it intrigues me doesn't blow me away by any means but i would i'm definitely intrigued by it more and it's on my radar going into the new year in the next few months guys what do you think of the gentleman let me know down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts and moving over back over to animation for one second, and Disney, specifically Jennifer Lee, who is the animation chief creative officer at Disney Animation, have announced four new diverse directors that will be a part of their, of what Disney is going to be doing going forward, in, in which they will be telling new stories, and that they're going to having di incredibly gifted, diverse directors handling the helm of these movies and that they haven't been announced yet but there it's a mixture of old and new and what i mean by old and new i mean there's two new people that haven't been with disney whatsoever that are going to be a part of the disney family and those two people are carles carlos lopez estrada who directed blind spotting which to me was one of the best movies of last year and then it's going to be Susie Unesi who is somebody who has done a few films, but nothing as big as, as something like Blind Spotting, which is a, a true indie film with Davi Diggs last year. And so I think you get those two in there. That's going to be really cool to bring in some fresh blood. But also you got some old old blood in there as well, and that comes in the form of Josie Trinidad and Mark Smith, two Disney vets who worked on films such as excuse me, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Zootopia, Treasure Planet, Tangled, Frozen, Big Hero 6. And that Mark Smith is actually working is the story director on Frozen 2. And I just think that this is incredible that Disney is just still pushing the boundaries and allowing people who rise in their ranks but also know what they're doing outside and can tell meaningful personal stories that, while it's about the animation and the characters, it's really about the story that Disney prides itself in, like they do with Pixar and now with the MCU and with with Disney Animation, what they're able to do, it it seems like they're always focusing on the story first and the themes and how people can relate to the story and to the world. And I think bringing these people in, it's smart. Jennifer Lee, who's the director of Frozen and Frozen Two, so that the, she's looking to increase the studio's commitment to diversity and inclusion. And I love that and applaud everything she's doing. And right now, there she said they're focused 
on their upcoming slate of animated films, which is for what Disney wants to do. It is Frozen 2 and Raya the Last Dragon, which is coming out next year in November. So those are the ones we're really looking at right now, and I'm sure whether it's next D23 next year or down the line, we'll hear more about what these directors will be making in the future. I wouldn't be surprised if their movies aren't coming out till mid-2020, like in the mids of the decade of 2020 maybe. So I, even though we ha- we know these hires now, we're probably not going to get these movies for a while. But guys, are you excited about what this means in the long term and what Disney is doing? Let me know down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts And now for the last two stories that I want to talk about. The first one is that Steven Spielberg has announced through 20th Century and his company Emblem that his remake of West Side Story has officially wrapped production. He posted it today, but from news outlets, production wrapped on Saturday, and they just announced it formally today. And this is a cast that stars Ansel Edgord, Rachel Zegler, Jersey Girl, Arena Dubois, Corey Stoll, Brian DeRC James, they're all coming back for West Side Story to remake a movie that is directed by Steven Spielberg. It has Oscar potential written all over it. And I'm excited for this movie because, A, honestly because of Rachel Zegler and that she is a Jersey girl and that she reps New Jersey. And also the fact that on, t- on Twitter uh, she had the rendition of shallows and that she sings and she sounds amazing and i can't wait to see what else she does she's really active on social media but also just again it's spielberg anzalag or somebody who's my one of my favorite up-and-comers in the industry right now and this is this is just a movie also that i cannot wait to hopefully cover down the line in terms of press and being able just to kind of see what Spielberg was able to do it seems like it's gonna apparently take more of the from the Broadway shows than actually from the 61 Oscar winning film that happened but I think for Spielberg he shot a lot of on location around New in and around New York and Jersey and all and up and down Staten Island Brooklyn Manhattan the Bronx he filmed everywhere he possibly could just to get the sense of what this movie is and feel as authentic as it possibly can. So I'm really, really excited about West Side Story and what Spielberg can bring to this. And I think that's why why we have to be excited about this is because we're getting Spielberg's take on this movie and see what else he can incorporate with it. And I really haven't seen him... Honestly, I don't think he's ever done a musical before. So to see him do a musical, I think it's going to be interesting and exciting and one to definitely look out for next award season come 2020. But guys, are you excited about West Side Story and Steven Spielberg's take on it? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. And finally, guys, the last thing I did want to bring up today was to talk about the one and only Tom Holland, Spider-Man, the MCU. It seems like this isn't stopping anytime soon and... It's positive news for this, and I'm really happy because we all knew when the news broke out that with Spider-Man that we all felt bad for Tom Holland, and Tom Holland was, no matter how he felt, he was going to take it like a champ and support whatever decision it was going to come for the good of the character. He loves playing Spider-Man, MC or not, and so he he everything he did at D23, which he said, listen, I know it's been a long week, but I love you 3000, which seemed like it was, gonna, it was kind of the swan song for him with the MCU and D23. But it's with everything that happened, Marvel and DC came to the table and people were saying, well, maybe Kool-Aid Harris prevailed. But according to sources, it seems like Tom Hahn was really the definitive factor, the one constant that was able to bring back both Disney 
He talked to Bob Iger and he talked to Sony CEO Tim Roth, Tim Rothman. He was able to talk to them and really be the force, the bridge that brought them back to the table and to figure this out. And so, if anything, we applaud Tom Holland even more. And I can't wait for when Spider-Man 3 comes out in July of 2021 that the applause that he's going to get, whether it's the first trailer or, or the movie itself, that people are just going to love it. And that histor- and that especially that, I think, what's so satisfying now is that we get to finish the story that needed to stay in the MCU. And I think Sony knew that. And even though it seems like Holland was the big def- deciding factor of keeping it in the, the MCU, I think it was also the fact of that this story needed to be told in the MCU. That this story needed to, that there was no other way to tell this story. And I think that's ex- one of the main things that they moved over. Most of it was money, as it always is, that Disney was able to get 25%, Sony still 75 that Sony was still the majority on that bill of being top dollar. But I think this is great, and the fact that Tom Ho- Tom Holland, we knew deep down how he felt, but this just shows that he really did care and that they did it for him Hopefully that that what that was one of their factors that they were able to do it for him and bring him back into the universe with Kevin Feige once again. Guys, are you excited about or not even excited? Are you happy to hear what Tom Holland did and what this means for the future of Spider-Man and how he's going to take a more vocal approach and a leader down the line really for cinema and, and be an influence like that? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. But guys, that's going to be it for this edition of the Samusel podcast thank you so much for tuning in be sure to check out my channel for more content you can check me out on spotify apple podcast stitcher radio public soundcloud and much more also make sure to tune in onto the ambiguous network and also be sure to check out the channel for more amazing shows and i mean that by the ambiguous network check out such shows such as you mad bro the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis and check out goal-driven professionals geared toward improving client relations return on investment and customer acquisition costs for independent businesses and services you can check them out on their websites ambiguousproduction.com also on facebook and twitter at real ambiguous also make sure to follow me on social media at twitter at basel samuel that's b-u-s-s-e-l-l-s-a-m-u-e-l and on facebook at sam thank you guys again and until next time keep on screening